0: Mm? see how we go. Man, what an awesome, amazing time. Did you know that we got God's attention there? 100% through praise and worship. So while we've got his attention, hey, just think about what he wants to say to you, what he wants to do. You know, I really feel that there's there's such an anointing in this place at the moment. There's such a presence of God that he'll do anything for us. You know, and I believe that right now, while I'm speaking, I believe his spirit's going to release healing. It's going to release strength. It's going to release comfort. Whatever you need. See, God's so personal. One size does not fit all. Trust me, I've tried. Hey, I've fallen for that trick. God's so personal that he's not just got a message here that he's given me to preach. He's got a message for you. And so even though I'm broadcasting this message, God's narrowcasting it. And he's making it personal and putting it into context of your lives, your hearts. That's how good God is. All the time he's good. So good. Oh, thanks. Let's give Gordy a round of applause, man. (laughs) Diligent man. A diligent man, loyal man. These are characteristics that we need in men. You know? Loyalty, man. Dedication. It's awesome. It's awesome. Lord God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, Father. Lord, you've already filled this room with your, with your presence, Lord, and, and everything that comes with you, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, Lord, that you, your Holy Ghost is just hovering, Lord, over this house, just waiting for your word to be spoken, Father God, Lord, so that you can get behind it, that you can action it, mobilize it by your spirit, Lord God. So, Lord, we thank you right now that we just give you all the glory and all the honor, Lord, as we commit this service to you. In Jesus' name, and we all sit. Amen. That is quite bright, eh, Darcy? I saw you getting a bit of a suntan while you are up here. Went a bit orange. Right. I'm going to be speaking today, uh, the, the topic is on unity. Okay, unity. It's actually a value of this church, united, united we stand. Okay? So it's, it's pretty important. And I've also put subtitles. Yeah, never done it before, first time. All right, let's see how it goes. Okay, so the subtitle was Hearing, Caring, Sharing. Okay? So unity, hearing, caring, sharing. If you know me, I love to rhyme stuff if I can. <laughs> Even if it's at a stretch, I'll try and make it rhyme, but this actually works, okay? So I'm going to go hearing, okay, hearing. Romans 10:17 says faith comes by hearing. And then it says by hearing the word of God. So that is continually hearing. You know, you might have heard a message, you know, 10 times, or, 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 or you know, I looked at a scripture 10 times, but faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. It's perpetual. It's momentum. We can't just hear a word once and go, I've got everything that that scripture says. You know, one thing, I've, I've, I've looked at scriptures, prodigal son, let's use prodigal son as an example. I've heard the prodigal son be preached probably 50 times with different aspects, all, all biblical, all scriptural, all right, but it's almost like God's grabbed the scripture and gone, you're looking at it, and then he goes, Twisting and goes, have a look at it like that. And that's him putting that scripture into the context of your life. Because that's how relevant God is. That's how he stays so relevant and so personal, is that he knows us better than we know ourselves. It also says in Matthew eleven, fifteen, it says, Let he who has an ear hear. Hey. The thing about that though is that Jesus is talking way more about what we hear audibly. It's talking about what we're hearing in, in our hearts. You know, what's been impressed in, in our spirits. And then it comes to caring. I think there's, the only scripture that you need for caring is John 3, 16, 17. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Eh? You know, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have an everlasting life. But then it goes on and he says, he turns around and he says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's the most caring thing I think anyone could ever do. You know, I've got a lot of people that care about me. Oh, heaps of people that care about me, but I don't think anyone would sacrifice their son for me. You know what I mean? So that to me is the is the, the, the epitome of caring. And then there's sharing. So Mark sixteen fifteen is the Great Commission. What's it say? Go out to all the world and preach the gospel. Preach the good news. Hey, don't need to go out there and preach our opinion or our ideas we our conspiracies. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, we don't need to do that. We need to preach the gospel, okay? Pro- and how we preach the gospel is, is important. This is where the caring comes in. Proverbs 15, 4, it says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. You know, it's like the power of life and death is in the tongue. You can speak life to things or you can speak death, you know, and you get to choose that. And then the ultimate one is 1 Corinthians 13. And it says, man, you can be the most prophetic person in the world. You can, you can be the most spiritual person in the world. But if you don't have love, it says that you're like a clanging gong. Aye. And that's when you're arguing with people and you're and you you're just trying to be right and there's no love in it. It actually sounds like a gong to them. Hey, you know? We've got to remember back to when we weren't saved, when we didn't know. Hey, you know, you've got to remember this this is a big thing for non-believers. But here we go. Hearing, caring, sharing. There has to be unity with those. You have to have all three of them. All three of them. Because you, you think about it. You can, you can have sharing without caring. Oh. You can have sharing without hearing. So you're not actually hearing the word, so you're sharing whatever you want. You can have caring, but no sharing. You know what I mean? So you need all three of these components for things to work, and they all, they all work in unity. What we're hearing, how we're caring, and why we're sharing. Those are the motives. Eh? That's the motivation. Like, yeah, I thought I was going to clap myself. I'm glad you did. <laughs> I, mean, I was about to Mexican wave it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is exciting. The word is exciting. Eh? There's something about the word of God that, that gets me. I've got a young group of men that I've been doing a Bible study with. I'll tell you what, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it, man. Like, these guys are full of testosterone. Hey, full of passion, full of, like, when they're talking about a scripture, the, you know, the, the veins are popping out, the thing and that, you know? I call it Christosterone. It's, that's Christian, Christian testosterone, man, Christosterone. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that's some fun. We get those, we get young men moving in the church, man, I'll tell you what, well, watch out. That's the key to it, eh? Hey? That's the key. So, 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, Now, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. That's unity. That's unity with God, unity with the Holy Spirit, unity with the church. That's full-on unity. And it's really important. Unity is really important. In Psalm 133, verse 1, okay, it says, Behold. Now, whenever you see behold in, in the Bible, that's, that's Jesus' way of saying take notice. You know. And that's not saying ignore all the other scriptures, but it's, he's especially trying to get something across to us. So it says, behold, how good and how pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together in unity? How good and pleasant. Because you can have things that are good and not pleasant. You can have pleasant things that aren't good. You know. Like I remember when my kids were young, my wife... She said, I'm going to start getting all this raw veggies and fruit. And, like, really, not nice veggies or fruit, real, you know, like kale and, you know, like ginger. And, you know, and she goes, and I'm going to start making these juices. And I was like, that's for the kids. I was like, that's a great idea. Great idea. But then she made me drink them. And, and, but here's the thing. They were good. But they weren't pleasant. They weren't pleasant, eh? Yeah. But with unity, it says, God sees it as good and pleasant both good and pleasant for us. He sees that. Then the next scripture, it says, it is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the bed of Aaron. Okay? Now, in those days, you've got to put things into context, in those days, oil was really precious, but it was also quite rare. So what God's saying there is, it's actually very precious to have unity, but it can be quite rare. You know? And I'll get into what I mean by unity, because I think people think the moment you disagree or, or have... Content with that, you're oh, there's no unity, it's not that you're trying to find unity. How do we know where we agree unless we talk about where we disagree? It makes sense. So, so you know, some people I, I find if there's one thing where oh, I don't really, oh, that's not you're out of unity, and it's, it's not, yeah, it's not as simple as that, okay? So, it's precious and rare. I did a little bit of study for you guys, okay? I hope you appreciate it, all right? Because listen, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a teacher. If you accidentally learn something, though, I will not hold it against you. But I actually looked into this. I actually looked into this because I didn't know what it actually meant. Hey. So I thought I'd better actually understand it. So this scripture here, it says, running down on the edge of his garments, it is like the Jew of Hermon. Yeah, you look just as lost as I was. Hey. So it was like the Jew of Hermon. So I looked that up, and it's a land... That was, that was in the desert, and the dew would, would come every night, and it would keep all the grass fresh. It would refresh everything. So that's how it got its water, was through the dew. So what that's saying is it's refreshing. So unity's precious. Unity's refreshing. And then the last, the last part about it is pretty clear. It turns around and says, descending upon the mountain for the Lord commands the blessing, life evermore. Where, where there is unity, there's a blessing. There's a blessing to unity because you're all pulling in one direction. We're all going in one way, and there's a real blessing around that. You know, Genesis 11, 1 to 9, it talks about the Tower of Babel. Now, I don't know if everyone knows about this story, but back in the day, there was a group of people, and they were so united. They were so like-minded, united, one spirit there. They decided they were going to build this big building up to the heavens, they said, oh, let's build this. as the highest building and, we're, and, and we, can, we can lift ourselves up closer to God, you know, so being a little bit prideful, okay? And God turns around, though. God turns around and says, well, look, I can't have that happening. But, this, but the point I want to make about it was that God turns around and says, man, now that these people are like-minded, now that they're united in spirit, man, nothing can stop them. Nothing can stop them, you know? And that still goes on today. If we're united, you know, if we're united, not just as a church, but as a body of Christ, as a body of Christ, going to get to that, you know, that there is a little bit of a difference in the body, you know, so anyway, you imagine this, no resistance, no reluctance, no pulling in the other direction, everyone moving towards for the greater cause, how good, how good is that, how good is that, you know, because you need a special kind of unity, man, you need a special kind of unity if, if you're going to be speaking a spiritual truth that needs to reach all races, all types of people, all walks of life, all ages, all genders. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, all right. both of them. You know, like reaching everyone. Like how? A little dig in there. Um, how? Do, you know what I mean? It's it needs a special kind of unity. That, that's a special unity that, reach, that brings a bunch like us together. Hey, I want to say what Tucker said before, sorry, too, you know, about not feeling worthy. Man, I hear God say, we're more than enough. We're more than enough in his eyes. We've just got to stop looking at it through ours. Well, we're more than enough. Amen? Yeah. I was going somewhere with that. But yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, but we're all united through the belief in Jesus Christ. And that should take precedence over anything. Shouldn't matter what I think around other areas. I need to find that common goal. You know, I need to find that common thread, which is our belief in Jesus Christ. You know, and when I said be united in the Spirit, I believe there's a oneness eh, of faith and love that the Holy Spirit produces in us. There's this oneness, there's this connection. You know, when I see when I see people from here. And about it's like my my spirit jumps a little bit, you know, because we've got that we've got that connection, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to talk about um, harmonies now. Yeah, I can't even talk and tune. Everyone's like, "What are you going to talk about with harmonies?" Don't worry, I consulted with Taka. All right. Um, but I looked at this and I thought this was actually quite cool. Harmonies: two different sounds, two different sounds, but when brought together, create a new sound. Aye. A, a fuller sound, you know, a, a, a more powerful sound. And, and Taka was saying to me, you know, some, the, the harmony is so different from the, that if it's out, you know, Taka was saying she could actually feel it in her body, you know, the harmonies. But when a harmony hits, man, aye. Well, when I hit a harmony with Darcy, i tell you, hey, powerful. But there's a the thing, it's, so what I'm saying though is these two different things, it's all right to be different. And they come together, you know, and they make, they make, and create a new sound. You know, I, I look at the church as a flavor. And every single one of us is an ingredient. Hey, and you think about it, you take one ingredient out, it changes that flavor. You know, this is the thing about it. This is how important God, God sees us. The whole flavor of the church that He's called is based on us. And if one person, if we, if we, oh, then it alters the flavor. Because hey, we're all ingredients. So, uh, a little story about my wife and I. She won't mind me sharing because she's not here. Um, but, but <laughs> yeah, some of you are getting your texts ready now. Um, you know, we were married for 27 years last month. Hey? And, uh, yeah, yeah. Bev said the first 26 were the hardest. Um, but, but, you know, I look back on, we, we, we were... Yeah, we celebrated it last month, you know, we were raising five kids, it was pretty busy, pretty hectic, you know, and years ago, at one stage, I just got to a stage, I don't know, couples, you know, but you get off page, you be off page a little bit, you know, and um, you know, Bev and I just seemed off page on everything at one stage, this is years ago when the kids were little, she knows better now, um... But yeah, uh, it was funny because it seemed like it didn't matter what it was, she would say something and I would say it a totally different way. And I'd be vi- and vice versa, vice versa. You know, and we had to have some hard talks because, you know, if you want to find unity, sometimes you've got to work out why you're disagreeing. You can't just all go, oh, we're in unity, everything's all good, everything's all good. And so we had a few talks of that. And one thing I realised was that I, she was wanting me to be a mum and I, I'm not a mum, I'm a dad. And I was wanting her to be, I suppose, be a dad. But, but, you know, so we both wanted our way. But at the end of the day, you need mum and dad. You know, you need the balance of both. You know, and once we realise that our differences, then we could appreciate our difference and understand the balance it brings. I always say this about me. I'm a, I'm a strong man. M- my wife's a very strong woman. Too strong sometimes, Pastor wrong. But when you put us together, and we're a Superpower. You know what I mean? Because where my weaknesses are, she's so strong. You know? And then where she's weak, I'm, I'm strong. You know? And so that's how it works, and it brings a balance. But until you understand and appreciate the differences, sometimes you can just feel like you're out of unity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing, too. You don't want to get caught into arguments and debates of differences. You know? Um, yeah. I'm going to go into a scripture, John 17:20 20 to 23. I do not pray for those alone. So this is, this is Jesus was praying for um, his disciples and he says, I do not pray for those alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. When Jesus was praying for his disciples back then, he had us in mind. That they all may be one as your father are in me and I am in you. That they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me. That's all about having some unity. That's all about Unity in God, with God. You know, I looked up community as well, because I thought, oh, unity, community, Hey, it must be in there somewhere, there must be a, a tie-in. And I looked at it, and it says a group, group of people in the same place for a common cause. That's us. That's hey, us, we're, we're group of people, we're in the same place for a common cause. You know, and if I look at the church you know, unity within the church. And when I talk about the church, I'm talking about the body of Christ. It's not always there. You know, and I think unity is is sort of within churches is starting to spread a little bit because people are moving away from the word, you know? And and to me, it's the gospel that's going to change lives, okay? And so, you know, and then that starts creating sort of a little bit of confusion, you know? And so I'll give you an example. So when I first got married, I never knew what denomination we were. And, and people would ask me and go, what denomination are you? And i go, I don't know. And they'd look at me like I was weird and that I was going to a cult or something, you know, because they are like, you must know the denomination. I went, like, no, I don't. And so I took the papers to pastor to get them signed and it had denomination on there. So I thought, oh, cool, I'll get to see, you know, what denomination we are. And, um, and it got to it and he just put a line through it. Hey. And I was like, oh, 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 well, maybe we're not. <laughs> maybe we're not. But anyway, I asked him, I said, I said, look, I was really interested. What are we a denomination? You know, like I noticed you put the line through it. And he said to me, he said, look, he said, if we've been birthed out of the word of faith movement, he said, but I, I don't use denominations. He said denominations create differences. And it's so true. If you meet someone that's a Baptist, oh yeah, you don't believe in that. People go straight for where they don't believe what they haven't got in common. And it may only be 2%. Instead of focusing on that, 98% of the, we're believers in Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for our sins, God raised him again, you know, things like that. Those are the, that's the important issues. But, but doctrine, uh, denominations can sometimes create, you see what I mean? Like little barriers where, oh, no, nah, but you don't do this, you don't do that. And then you can add uh, different doctrines, you know, and things like that. And now you add opinions, you know, and man's ideas have crept into the pulpit. You know, all of a sudden you're getting this mixed message. All of a sudden this message is, and depending on what church you go to, you may hear, oh, yeah, that's okay. Oh, that's not. Because there's, you know, you, we can't have opinions, man, like coming Well, Sorry, we can. But at the end of the day, it's the word of God that changes people. What, one word from God, one touch from God changed my whole life. Not just my life, my legacy, my whole family, my f- children, my children's children. One word, one touch from God right there. 1997, October, Labor weekend. Beautiful weather. Man, not, not people telling me what they thought. Not people telling me their opinions or their ideas. It was the Word of God being spoken into my heart. Man, changed, changed my whole life. You know, because when you've got to out, you're going to be hearing to be sharing the gospel. You know, we've got to look at what we're hearing. You know, and it is. It's the Word of God. It's spirit on flesh, man. When spirit hits flesh, flesh has no chance, man, and that's it. And this is what we're doing. When we come together, we're building up an atmosphere in here. There was such an atmosphere in there this morning. It's still still working. Man, you know, we just got to tap into what God's trying to give us because there's stuff that he wants to, I really feel he's released in us today. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 to 6. It says, where are we? But even if our gospel... The gospel, man, that's our power. That's our power, man. That's our, that's our real weapon. It says, But even if your gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ shine on their minds. It says it all. It's the light of Christ. It's the word of God that's going to change people. And at the end of the day, It doesn't matter whether I'm right. What matters is that I speak the word, you know? The world's not going to agree with us all the time. We can't look for validation from them. We can't look for agreement. Oh, you have to agree with me for me to be right. No, I'm right. (laughs) That might sound arrogant, but I'm right because God's right. You know what I mean? And I heard a man on the street say the other day, he was preaching, And this guy stopped and I I just was standing by him and the guy said to him, "Um, what would I have to say for you not to believe in God? Powerful question though, because the guy is saying to him, what do I have to say for you to believe in God? And the guy flipped it on him and said, what do I have to say to you for you not to believe in God? And I felt sorry for the old guy because he was a little bit stuck. Lucky I jumped in. (laughs) No, I just said, oh hey bro, I just heard your conversation. I said, "But I'll tell you why you can't talk me out, it's because I've encountered God. I've experienced God. I've seen God do some stuff in my life and other people that's so, so outrageous that you can't talk yourself out of that God's real. You know, and this is the difference. People can hear about God. They can be taught about God. They can even learn about God. But unless we ex- they're experiencing and encountering the real Jesus Christ in their life and something's happening and something's working, something's changing, then it's words on paper. Yeah. So we've got to speak the word, man, united in spirit. I love this scripture here. Ephesians 4, 3 to 6. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Wow. Man. One God In us. In us. People after God's own heart, you know. And this is the thing too, you know, with the with the sharing. It's not in our own strength, because I to tell you right now, if you want to do anything in God in your own strength, that's going to be hard. It's going to seem like a burden. There's going to be times you don't feel like it. You know, I've had times where I've been coming to church, not feeling like preaching, because I've been crook all week, you know. But it's not about how I feel. I know for a fact that once I come up here, God will take care of things. You know, he will look after it. Yeah, not in our own strength. In the, in, it's, in, it's in the unity with the Holy Spirit. That, that's where things become easy. That's where it's just, I don't know, where you just don't, you don't worry. Because one thing I think we've got to be, remember is when we're sharing the word, God is trying to connect with people through us. You know? God, so he can't connect through big arguments and debates about little fires. Have you ever noticed when you try and talk about the word to someone, they'll try and take you off to this little misdirection, a little fire, to start arguing about something else? It's a distraction. It's trying to take us away from the word. But, you know, um, God is trying to connect with people through us. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.20 that we are ambassadors of Christ. And here's the, the cool bit as though God is pleading through us. So when we're sharing with people, God's spirit is pleading with that other person's spirit. Get right with me. Know me. Hey. I haven't got time to, to, to argue with them over what the favorite color is. Hey. You know? So we've just got to remember too. We've got to remember, and this is something that keeps me really humble, Scripture, but by the grace of God but by the grace of God. Man, I'm reminded daily what I was like. Man, I'm reminded what my life was like. You know, and so when I see people in the down and out, I just go, oh, yeah, that could be me. It could so easily be me. You know, and that, I don't know, it just allows a little bit more empathy around when you're talking to people. You know, you, I mean, sometimes, like, I've, I've, seen, I've seen a homeless guy one time, and he's an old man, you know, and he's sitting there, and he, he was all disheveled, and... um. I had something to eat with him, and he goes to me, we're chatting, and I said, do you mind me asking, like, you seem really onto it. Like, he wasn't drunk, he wasn't on drugs, he, he seemed clear, he was a bit dishevelled and, you know, a bit rough from sleeping out. But I said to him, do you mind me asking, how did you become homeless? You know, because you look at these people and you just think, oh, they've done that to themselves, they've just, you know, ah, oh, you know, they're not helping themselves. This man told me his story, and he said he... um. He goes, oh, I actually used to be married with a daughter, and I owned a business, and we owned our own house, and, you know, everything was perfect, I was like, oh, wow, and then his daughter got killed by a drunk driver, and he said he started drinking heaps, he said him and his wife couldn't get over it, they ended up splitting up, he ended up losing his job, and he lost his house, and he's on the street, but by the grace of God, you know, and so that, for me, keeps me humble, you know, keeps me humble. It's like that scripture, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, I know some people think, oh, that's condemning. It's not. It's reminding us and humbling us that, man, we can't look down on anyone, but by the grace of God, it could be us. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I think that keeps, that's, well, for me anyway, those scriptures help me. You know what I mean? It helps me keep level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, actually. You know, when you talk about sin, hey, eh, for all of sinned, the moment you talk about sin to people, I, I don't know, even I get my, even I stand up a bit straighter, you know? It's an awkward thing. I love what Rich Tamomo said. Rich Tamumu, um described it as a place where we disagree with God. That's so true. A place where we're out of unity with God. And I tell you right now, everyone in this room has a place where, out, where we're out of unity at the moment. You know? And we, it's up to us to find that unity. God will be speaking to us. Hey, God will be speaking. Because we've got to remember, this is, a, this is spiritual truths. You know, Ephesians 16 says it's a, it's a spiritual battle. We don't battle against flesh and blood. You know, that, 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 that person that's roaring or snarling, there's, there's spiritual stuff motivating that. You can't win a physical, uh, spiritual fight with, with your physical hands unless they're together praying. It's the only way you can do it. We're almost there. Almost there. You guys have done really well. <laughs> no, you have, you've done really well. You've actually looked almost interested. <laughs> no, no, no. It's been good. It's been good. One Corinthians two fourteen. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. We're not trying to appeal and appease to people's intellects and emotions. We're speaking to their spirit, spiritual truths. We can fluff around all we like with the niceties, but at the end of the day, it's the word of God that changes lives. It's, it's, the, it's the truth, you know? And I heard someone say, oh, you know, uh, that's, um, you know, hate, hate speech. You say the truth. And I heard someone say, the truth always sounds like hate when you hate the truth. And that's, what, that's the world we're living in at the moment is they hate truth. So, so we've got a difficult truth to say. It's got to be in a loving way. It, it can't be in a, I'm right, come on, come to Jesus, baby. Hey, it's not going to work like that. Well, it might. <laughs> yeah. You know, the biggest thing, I'm just going to finish up, this is the last bit now. Um, the, the biggest thing that I looked at this is, is for true unity, you've got to be able to put yourself aside. You've got to be able to put what you want, your own desires and everything, and what you think is best and put it aside. And the only way you can do that is when you've got it. there's a greater good. You know, there's a bigger cause, there's a higher purpose. You know, you look at the All Blacks, the All Blacks. If if a guy comes on in, in their position and he scores, they're wrapped for him. You know, they're wrapped, like they'll run up and they're competing against each other for their spot. They've lived their whole life wanting to be an all black. It means the most to them, but the all blacks are the greater good. And people make sacrifices. It's the same with the church, it's the same with God. You know, it helps us focus on God's will and His call, not our own desires. And I'm talking to me as well. Talking to me, I'm not excluding me. You know, we all, we, we all struggle with things. You know, and then we, we can sometimes miss God's will. Because we're caught up in our minds of what, what we think, even sometimes with church, we can come to church sometimes and be already in our head. Two quick songs, two slow songs, a message, lunch, and I'm gone. Hey, something happens in church. Hey, something can happen, be happening. So here's an example. David, King David, he said, "Is there not a course?" Is there not a cause? Is there not something bigger than us? Is there not something that is so powerful and such a high purpose for us that we would sacrifice our lives for it? That's what he's talking about. Is there not a cause? You know, when David fought Goliath, do you know that his man-given purpose was to go and uh, take food for his brothers? He wasn't going to war. He wasn't even thought of. He was left behind. And then the dad says, oh, mate, you may as well go take him a sandwich. And David, oh, diligently goes, yep, okay, I'll take the sandwiches. Yet God had a bigger cause. God had a far greater purpose for him. He gets there, he turns up and goes, what's this fellow up to? Hey, heathen, speaking against our God, rah, rah, rah. Everyone got really knocked off with him. Why? Because they knew that's what they should have been saying. They were all huddled around that campfire going, oh, shh, don't let Goliath hear us. And David stepped in with the boldness of God. But he thought his purpose was to take food. You know? We might think our purpose today was just to come to church. Hear a message. God's got a greater purpose. God's got a far greater purpose for all of us, man. Like I said, no, one here, no one's making up numbers. God's just not like, oh, yeah, I need a few numbers just to boost my ratings. You know what I mean? God, God calls people by name. He marks them. He marks them by name. You know, and once you're marked by God, very hard to find fulfillment outside of that. Very hard. eh? So I want to encourage you, find unity. Find unity. It doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. It's all right to disagree, but always find unity. Find, Find a place where you do agree, or at least understand where we disagree. But I really feel that as a church and as the body of Christ... As we start getting united and as we start speaking the same, the same message, the same words, and we start all getting some momentum, you know, that, that's, what, that's what we want. Seeing God move, man. Seeing him seeing him do stuff And here's the thing about it. We know God's moving, but we've got to move with him. Because <laughs> hey? here's the thing. People need to hear what you've got to say. Don't shrink away. Don't care away from it, man. Use the word. You don't have to fall back on your opinion or have clever ideas or even be articulate. You know, Peter said he, he stumbled over his words. It's not what, it's, it's, it's more what we say. Hey, eh? Speak the word. So, Father God, Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, Lord, for unity. I thank you that your word, Father God, Lord, does not return void, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that your word, Lord, is carried on your Holy Spirit, Father God, Lord, delivered to every single person, Lord. Working in them right now, Father God, Lord. Revealing, Father God. Showing, leading, empowering, Father God, Lord. I thank you, Lord Jesus, right now as we've sat in this house, Lord. We haven't even had to to do anything, Lord. Your Holy Spirit has rested on us. It's bringing refreshing, Father God, Lord. It's bringing love, Father God. Yeah, thank you, Lord. So, Lord, we just give you all the praise and all the honor. We thank you, Father God, Lord, for the purposes and the plans that you have for us and we seek your will, Father God, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Right. Let's get down to business. Yeah, you need some prayer. No. Nah, um.